1: Today we're diving in to Triflex ADP for those dynasty startups over at the FFPC. We are going to talk through quarterbacks, mainly in this opening round in these early picks, Sean. We will filter in some of the wide receiver options, running back options that we may take in that as well. And we'll see how far we get through on today's show. We plan to do a, a series of these episodes looking through the early rounds of the ADP and where some of the leverage points may be for you in your startup Rotovis ffpc triflex league sean we love these leagues i guess we could uh you know start off by saying that it is super flex format You do then need to start three wide receivers so wide receiver is very important but like any super flex format quarterback is kind of king in these opening picks and some of the differentiation points then is what makes it very interesting we may be a little bit higher on some of the wide receiver options than you will see in some standard uh drafts so this is gonna be a fun one to run through i know you love talking through the triflex stuff. So this is gonna be one and uh I'm looking forward to it.
2: Yeah, I've got my three screens up. Have you on one of them, have the RV Triflex ADP on one, have my rankings on another, have the ice water, have the butter coffee. Colin, we're ready to go. It's startup season. Startups have been going for a couple weeks now, as the NFL draft is in the rear view. But Colin, you and I have been focusing on RB TriFlex rookie drafts had an article up on the site last week, going through all of the picks and all of those. I believe it was seventy plus picks, eighteen trades, six leagues. So much fun! Anybody who is looking still for information on how to maneuver within the various tiers of rookie drafts, that's available. Carl, I'm also excited because Bjorn Yang Barnett, who Did a great job the last two years with the in-season content. He was our waiver guy last year. Obviously, waiver is always the most popular article in the in-season. He did advanced stats for wide receivers the previous year. Just absolutely love Bjorn's writing. He's got an article coming out on startups, on dynasty trade value, looking at the positions against each other. You'll really want to check that out. So it was a good week to get into some of this dynasty rankings information. Obviously, those of you playing best ball, we had a draft and a bonus show over the weekend looking at a variety of ways to play those underdog best ball leagues. So we're moving back to Dynasty today. And Colin, we had a question from a listener that ties directly into what we're going to be discussing today. We're going to be discussing Wednesday, those startup values. Obviously, the quarterbacks go early. They're extremely important. This is a question about Kyler Murray. Chad asks, Without necessarily trying, I've ended up with him on all three of my dynasty teams. Do you have any concerns with his near-term outlook and value with the Cardinals? Having two likely very high picks and a great couple QBs there. So, Kyler Murray. Controversial player. He's difficult to draft in best ball this season because there's so much uncertainty around when he'll be available and I think how that offense will look. Then Gretchen and I made a big trade with him in our triflex league we sent him away we got a lot back in return anyone who is interested in exactly how you might set up a sell murray trade you can check that out looking back through the articles for the blockbuster dynasty trades edition of the dynasty workshop but colin today we're going to dive into at the very least this first tier And the first tier for me stretches across most of the first round. And not surprisingly, it is comprised almost entirely of quarterbacks. But there are a few interlopers, we might call them, this top tier. And one of the things that people consistently, probably more than anything else that we've done in the last couple of years, where we get a lot of feedback from listeners and from readers that they like the tweak is moving the dynasty rankings to a trade based and tier based version so you still get the full rankings obviously you get the draft grid that's what i'm looking at i think that's a a really good way to visualize it when you can see it as a full draft with the players color-coded by position all that kind of thing just visually it's really easy to conceptualize and to deal with we also have the tiered version and the tiered version gives you trade values by tier and this top tier is worth three round picks colin we have this single monster tier at the top and i say monster in terms of value not in terms of the total number of players but even within that first tier i think there are probably three mini tiers now this first tier is worth three first round picks but the two guys at the very top i think you not just could argue i think you'd say very clearly you wouldn't trade them for three first round picks and in many cases they're absolutely untradeable because there's really no way that you can get back enough value that because of the way consolidation is also important with the superstars that you could really get value back. Now that's not to say that those trades don't exist. Uh, Pat Crane and I were able to pull off a trade for Josh Allen and our Triflex. We obviously gave a lot up, including Justin Herbert and Jamar Chase. Those are two guys who could have factor in near the top now we got A.J. Brown and a third round pick back as well A.J. Brown another guy who is going to jump out here very early on but Colin I don't think that there is any huge surprise those top two guys at the top for me number one Patrick Mahomes number two
1: Josh Allen yeah and I think there is for me with those two guys a tier at the very top off tier one as you you mentioned jalen hurts is edging his way towards that but i just don't think he's quite in the same tier as as those two guys interestingly this morning before i recorded the show i did get a listener who sent an email saying that they had made a recent trade to acquire jalen hurts and that was a case where they give up two first round picks and christian watson to get him so there's always these sort of trades going on in the background you mentioned some of the ones that you've done recently but it feels like those two guys are in a clear tier and sean sometimes i don't think we plug the tools enough when we do these shows we're every one of these shows we have the tools open we're looking through them my favorite thing on all of these tools is the thing you just mentioned is the draft grid i think it is so easy to visualize i'm a, a very if i can see it i can understand it very very quickly In the way it's, it's broken down is, is fantastic and you mentioned adding in the tiers to both uh the rankings and the uh, on the website for you, for your rankings i think that there is also something that i get a lot of feedback on from the road of his ot community so highly recommend checking them out but uh, you know you can never give too many plugs sean but i think sometimes we don't plug it enough but i do think as you mentioned with those first two guys and i mentioned potentially a tier break there by current adp there may still be a tier break but the way it is set up currently in the triflex adp is mahomes then josh allen then jalen hurts who i mentioned joe burrow justin herbert trevor lawrence and then that is where we get the first non-quarterback player. When we look, Sean, then, and this is part of the the fun of doing these shows, and we do it when we're doing our drafts at Underdog or the FFPC, comparing it to your rankings. And that's a question that the listeners always have, is how do we compare these to Sean's rankings? Slight differences, Sean, and the way it's set up for you, and I'm going to ask you the question as to when you are on the clock. Is this exactly the way you're going? For me, I'm very much in line with, with your thought process here, and that is that it's Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, as we mentioned. And then I mentioned the tier split at quarterback. You have that tier split by the two elite wide receivers. And I'm sure for the listeners listening in, they are not surprised at those two names. It is Justin Jefferson. It is Jamar Chase as the wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Then it gets back into the quarterbacks with Hurts and Burrow. We won't get into the next name that splits up the quarterback position. But for you, if you're on the clock, the 103 is clearly a pick there for justin jefferson and the other part of this that when people are maybe in these startup drafts we've talked about trading back being a superpower if you are interested in that jefferson pick that chase pick how much of a gamble is it in moving back to where he currently goes in adp at the, the 107 uh jamar chase going at the 110 is that something that you're you're willing to to gamble with in these startups i think in, in startup drafts if you do trade back are you tick? Know, can trade back and not take the quarterback position in that opening round. I think it can give you a lot of leverage moving forward with additional picks, additional resources, and so on.
2: Yeah, there's just so much going on here. And I mean, it's straightforward in a way, but I think it's also fascinating. Before we get into all of that column, I wanted to ask you, do you have it Mahomes, Josh Allen? One of the interesting things here was that I think within hours of the trade that Pat and I made for Josh Allen – You had this news come out that the bills want him to run less because he had suffered an arm injury early last season and they felt that that contributed to some of their offensive struggles now that's all within context because we know that the buffalo bills again lit the world on fire and josh allen himself scored a ton of points especially through the first two-thirds of the season stefan Diggs scored a ton of points they've now added dalton kincaid in there But if Josh Allen runs a little bit less, then that obviously will impact his ceiling. It's going to also move him a little bit more in the direction of being this quarterback who has to be elite as a passer. And we've had a recent season from him where he was that, but he's come back down from those heights again. So then the question is how much of that is related to these minor injuries, and you say minor, but... Anytime that you are an NFL quarterback and your arm isn't 100%, that's not going to feel that minor to you, right? The other element there is that Gabe Davis has not really emerged. Dawson Knox is really just a shot guy. Stephon Diggs is getting to that point in his career where the collapse isn't necessarily imminent. The window is smaller, though. The window is smaller. I mean, he could be fantastic for another three or four years or the fall off that we saw in the last third of last year could continue And one of the issues with Diggs, and we love Diggs, and we love his competitiveness we love his talent but i mean there are some concerns that the way the season ended that his behavior has started to get a little bit like it was at times for the minnesota vikings which can cause a problem and so if you don't have that player then it puts even more emphasis on this first-round pick of an old one-year wonder tight end. Now, the only reason I phrase it that way is to remind people that there are some red flags. The upside for a Kincaid is through the roof. This is a guy where not any of the drafts that I personally participated in, but I do know that he went super early at times. You know, the 102 kind of pick. And you're thinking 102 in a draft that had quarterbacks people like, in a draft that had Gibbs and JSN, people think that Kincaid could go out there and, you know, essentially be Mark Andrews for the Buffalo Bills. So it's not like we expect the Bills to be without weapons, but the other part of that is what if they run the ball more effectively? Right? If they're going to have Allen himself run a little bit less, but if some of those handoffs, if James Cook, Emerges if Damian Harris does a better job as the one B and gives them the big back. If Latavius Murray, who I don't think anybody is really counting on that heavily, but is there and has done, I mean, okay, they weren't really good things, but is there, (laughs) right? So you have an environment where it's possible that a significant amount of value is siphoned off. And then we have this bigger picture question, which also relates i think to Hertz, it relates to fields it relates very clearly to lamar jackson and kyler murray even more so is that if we have these elite rushing quarterbacks but the rushing part of their profile ages the way a running back ages then how do we value them in dynasty where there are two things really pushing them up right the first part is that in superflex all the quarterbacks are pushed up you have scarcity you have the fact that you want to have two high scoring guys there you have the scoring element but you also have the longevity element for the qbs but the longevity is only really that valuable when it comes with difference making scoring you've got older guys like a Derek carr he's not particularly expensive you've got a geno smith he's not particularly expensive now those guys have already used some of that window But when you think about younger players who could potentially be in the NFL for a long, long time, I mean, Mac Jones could play another 15 years and he's QB 29. People are not purely paying for the youth. I mean, you've got to be able to score points. Specifically starting with Josh Allen, do you have him number two below Patrick Mahomes? And then is the rushing element and how these quarterbacks age, does that come into play for you at all? as we value this group kind of across the first two tiers
1: the first thing sean is a shout out to josh allen uh for his birthday that occurred yesterday he has obviously spent one more year on this earth than he had previously now 27 after uh, his birthday yesterday so we'll see what happens with you know moving forward for him i prefer watching josh allen from a fantasy perspective for the the fun element i think he is really both of them are extremely fun to watch but I just there's something about Josh Allen's performances that I, I really and truly enjoy just that slight bit more I think it's very very close between the two and as you were breaking it down and talking through some of the things like obviously there is a the concern with Stefan Diggs Stefan Diggs will turn uh, it'll be later in the season but will turn 30 years old this season but then when we look at the main asset tied to Patrick Mahomes' production that is Travis Kelsey He'll turn 34 this year. So there is concerns on that side as well. We often talk as well about the weapons that the Chiefs have and the potential limitations that that could cause to Mahomes. I think with both of these guys, they're just extremely, extremely talented in multiple ways. They're not necessarily out-and-out rushing quarterbacks, but they can do enough to get to the points that way. They also can do it, as we've seen, through the air. I think through the air, there's no doubt Mahomes is a, a better quarterback from that aspect. But I think with the the age being so close with them, with the – the overall profile been so close i think they're just right there for me sean in the same tier and any leagues that i was lucky enough for people who were drafting and their startups when josh allen came into the league he was a really cheap addition and those drafts sometimes it was a case that you didn't know what to do with the pick so you took the quarterback to see what would happen and it turned out to be josh allen so I, i'm fortunate enough to have him in some of my leagues he's not somebody that i'm actively trying to acquire because of what we've talked about on on shows previously If I was lucky enough to draft, uh, you know, get the 101 or the 102 in one of these startup drafts, my immediate priority would be to try and move back out of it. Due to some of the concerns you mentioned about how their performances might change over the years. But if we're looking at Josh Allen and him potentially running less, we also have to look at the other quarterbacks who are running more, the likes of Justin Fields and, and how long his career could be. And the NFL, you know, if he, if he can if he continues to get banged up, for example, the likes of a Jalen Hurts who, although it was an injury picked up in a different way, missed a good chunk of last season. We have seen both Mahomes and um and Allen banged up for, for different reasons. Mahomes a number of times not really, you know, from much physical contact rather than being caught at the bottom of a pile, for example. So we have all those concerns and we're going to have them with with all players. I, I think they're just right there beside each other. And I think more concern for me would be in that, that hurt zone where he may be a little bit more exposed to those those shots, the same as Lamar Jackson. And it, it always comes down to the running style too and and how much they're willing to... It's nice to see a player want to stay in and get that extra yard, but when it comes to quarterbacks, I would much rather they, they step out over the end zone, or over the sideline, sorry. But for me, they are right there in a tier, and um, there's not much to separate them for me. But the concerns with Diggs, I would potentially be... As much as we want Travis Kelsey to play forever, um, there's going to be a time where either he retires or he uh, can no longer do it at the level that he is doing it.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: And one of the things when we get to these older ages for the players is we know that the cliff is there and you're going to hit it at some point most of the players do not have a larry fitzgerald type of conclusion to their career where it is somewhat gradual or you have the first big drop but then you stay on yeah well you stay on a lower plateau for a long period of time as well and a plateau that is viable from a fantasy perspective now fitzgerald did that in a way that if you had him in dynasty and you're playing him as your last receiver, or perhaps in a flex spot. But again, we talk all the time about the flex spot. I mean, you want that flex scorer, whether it's best ball or dynasty to really pack a punch. You're not thinking of the flex as a compromised position. If you are, then your teams turn out or tend to not be as good, right? The flex needs to be a dynamic score. So Fitzgerald, not really somebody that, was that playable in fantasy, but also not really somebody who at that point elevated his quarterback. He's there, he's scoring some points, he is a part of the offense, but when we look at Kelsey and Diggs, the part that we're interested in as it reflects back on the QB is can these guys carry him? So with Kelsey, the question is how long can he last, but then also really how important is he? I mean, you look at the numbers he put up last season and you're thinking, I mean, obviously he's massively important, and yet Patrick Mahomes is so good that i think there's it's easier to make the case that the surrounding players almost make no difference for him now it's not maybe player proof right right alan i think that's less clear about especially if he runs a little bit less and one of the things with running a little bit less is you're thinking well he's still going to be a hybrid qb he's still going to have those dynamic games When you're thinking about it from a best ball perspective you're still going to have those spike weeks and if they come at the right time then you know you're willing to give up a little bit of regular season advance rate in order to get exposure to the monster games that win you a tournament that win you millions of dollars that type of thing but when we're talking about how you're going to draft early in a startup you need those points because as soon as a couple points per game come off the board for an allen or a hertz or a lamar jackson or a kyler murray Then you have to move them down into a range where their separation from the other types of QB scoring profiles is not enough to justify the price tags that people are paying. And one of the ways I think we can illustrate that is look at what happens next. And you mentioned it. So the third QB and the third overall player is Jalen Hurts. I think that that makes sense. When I look at my rankings, the next kind of mini tier within that tier one group the next mini tier for me would be, in some order, Hertz, Jefferson, and Chase. The interesting thing about ADP is that that's not the way that it has it. it has Hertz 3, Burrow 4, Herbert 5, and Trevor Lawrence 6. And as you mentioned, Justin Jefferson doesn't come off the board until 7th. I think that's really surprising. And I wouldn't say absurd, but it's, it's not right.
1: Say it, Sean. You wouldn't say it.
2: It's not right. it's absurd. Okay. Justin Jefferson is a young, young receiver who has already put his name in the mix as a potential greatest wide receiver of all time.
1: We have, and just to go on that, we have seen some players tail off, whether it's injury or not. You know, Odell started that way. Michael Thomas started very hot. But Justin Jefferson is, is right on that cusp of, another year and he's a, he's already in that conversation but another year at, at age 23 and he's ahead of those guys
2: yeah and so you raise a, a good point which is that there can be injuries to these guys another player who was not nearly at the level of a Justin Jefferson but somebody we would have had ranked really high is a Hakeem Nix and then Nix suffers an injury that just can't come back from at all and is more or less done right so the Beckham Comparison really close to where Beckham, even in Superflex at that time, would have been the number one player in all of dynasty, in all of fantasy. And really from that point has been just even I'm very moderately playable, even much less number one overall guy. But those injuries can also strike to the quarterback positions, and that's something that we'll go over here in a second. But Justin Jefferson, the separation that he gives you at a position that is incredibly important for building your foundation, right? So we think about the receiver position. We think about the triflex where you start three receivers and you could start up with three more. Now, you probably just want to start five because you have the two flexes. The super flex, you do probably want to have a QB. Although one of the things that we've mentioned, and this is something for people to think about when they go and look at their leagues. One of the reasons we talk about the triflex format all the time is obviously that we have Uh, this format with the FFPC, and so It's, it's a very natural thing to talk about. But the reason that it doesn't feel like we're just pushing a product is because the format is so similar to and has really become the default format for all of Dynasty. And so you can take what we're talking about today and apply it to your league in the vast majority of cases, and the difference is... You definitely know from listening to our shows how to make those tweaks. But one of the things you do want to look at is how much of a difference is there in your scoring format at the QB position between your Superflex league and maybe some other leagues that you play in? And if the QB scoring is knocked down even a little bit, then that starts to bring other players into the potential mix at the Superflex. Now, it doesn't mean that you want to play them there, but if you get caught out, it's a more viable approach. That it is in leagues i play in three kitchen sink leagues with ryan mcdowell obviously these are fantastic leagues Ryan, probably the premier commissioner in all of dynasty someone we've had on the show and always does a, a great job we love ryan in those leagues the quarterbacks score well enough that you really do need to have that other quarterback in there and it has to be a foundation part of how you're looking at your team to get that second qb in the triflex it's not as important Still important, but not as. You look at the receivers. You probably want to want to play five. Now, Colm, you and I aren't quite there yet, but on the team that I have with both uh, Ben and Monty and Blair, we put ourselves into a position now where we could potentially play our third running back in one of the flex spots because the running back scoring now projects to be so high. And again, then you also have a little more coverage in the super flex. When you're thinking about playing all of these receivers, that doesn't just mean that you're going to fill those spots. Again, the additional flexes need to be populated by mega scorers. The more wide receiver foundation you have, the better your team is going to be for the long term. The more that championship window is widened, the more depth that you have to trade out of to fix other elements that you want to address or to move some of that value into the future by picking up future ones. So when we're looking at a position like wide receiver, that's so important from a scoring position, so important structurally, and where we have very good longevity from the players, these guys are not going to play to, you know, 45, like a Tom Brady. But when you're looking at Justin Jefferson, barring some sort of catastrophic injury where you're going to be looking at him still playing, at a time in the future that, I mean, if your league is still going and you're still really fired up about it when Justin Jefferson is retiring, then congratulations to you and to your league. That's a huge win, right? Because that's and a long time out Justin in the to Justin Jefferson. Well, yes, obviously. <laughs> On his Hall of Fame career. <laughs> congratulations to Justin Jefferson. We love Jefferson. I think that, for me, he's number three. You could argue for Hurts in there. But Jefferson and Chase right behind him, those are the next two guys that I want. And that's one of the reasons we were able to do that, Josh Allen trade. And that's one of the reasons why I already you know, vaguely regret it, is that you have a guy in Chase right behind this quarterback that we just talked about. I mentioned that we also moved Justin Herbert and got back an A.J. Brown. So kind of a fun rankings question that maybe seemed a little more clear cut at the time, but now I think is very provocative. Column, do you prefer Josh Allen, A.J. Brown, and a third-round pick? Or do you prefer Jamar Chase and Justin Herbert?
1: I think I would prefer the Josh Allen one either way.
2: So you're on the Josh Allen side. Obviously, we accepted the trade. We were excited about the trade. We felt like it gave us a star QB. One of the reasons that we lost in the quarterfinals last year, well, we lost because... (laughs) Jahan Dotson caught like a 50-yard pass in garbage time and beat us but big picture we lost because Justin Herbert did not score points for us last year and if we had had Josh Allen instead we would have had probably the best team in the league you always are going to put a positive spin on that now you look to week 17 and you know that that game didn't complete and so winning the championship would have been difficult but that was an extremely unusual scenario we hope that that, that never happens again The thing for me is that I don't believe that Justin Herbert's profile necessarily puts him in that range of quarterback with certainly not with a Patrick Mahomes, but with a Joe Burrow where he's going to consistently score at the level that the scoring actually separates him enough to justify where he is being drafted doesn't mean that he's not fantastic. Two years ago, he had a great season. They've made a move, a coordinator that could help him. We do think that his talent level is extremely high. And even though he's not a big scrambling QB, he's not going to score a ton of rushing points. There is a little bit of rushing value there. And that's notable because just like having these top guys fall a little bit makes a huge difference for them. The difference between someone like a Justin Herbert and someone like a Jared Goff is important because those couple of points are important, Right. The thing for me that in addition to the news about Josh Allen, which I brought that up because it is relevant. It is something we need to think about. It's something we need to think about about all of these Russian quarterbacks. The Ravens have also said that about Lamar Jackson as they've signed him to a huge deal, which more or less a, assumes that he keeps running because he's not worth all of that if he doesn't keep running. So you're going to have this real tension for these guys between what you need to do to stay safe and what you need to do to win football games. Especially when we look at the AFC, it's not just a matter of, well, are you going to come out and play big in the postseason? That does matter. But one of the elements that came into play in a big way this past season was this race for the number one seed. It was very controversial because the Bills-Bengals game is not played. You end up having a situation where the Bengals upset Buffalo, but then are not able to upset the Chiefs. The Chiefs get that home game. When you're looking at that battle for the top seed in the AFC, which is just going to make it so much easier to advance. When you have the Chiefs, you have the Bengals, you have the Bills, and then from Baltimore's perspective, obviously you hopefully have the Ravens. You have those four teams, and then you have the upstarts, right? Maybe you have Trevor Lawrence eventually bringing his Jaguars in there. But you have these four super teams. You're battling for that number one seed. You say, let's protect ourselves a little bit more in the regular season. That's something that we do see Patrick Mahomes do with his style of play he becomes more aggressive in the postseason but those teams just have very small margins for putting themselves in the position to where you can play with any of the simulators if you don't have that number one seed your playoff odds absolutely crumble so just because the teams say we don't want them to run as much doesn't mean that both the team and the player won't do what's necessary to win the games and that obviously has the corresponding value there's, a, there's
1: also the element of the player when they're on the field themselves and it might be a case the team doesn't want to run as much but it's you know third and one and you have to you have to get those uh, that yard or two yards i think there's a lot of different things that will factor and i also think there's no real benefit to the team in saying yeah we're going to run them more or we're going to run them the exact same amount as we have you know saying that you're going to run them less is probably like there's some of that that is just going to be i guess lip service at the same time
2: Right. I mean, these teams won't tell you who's injured. They're not going to tell you their game plans or their big picture strategy for a season. And if they do, then you have reason to not trust them. Now, again, not that we're saying that they're lying, but just anybody who thinks these teams are giving away substantive information about how they're going to approach something, it's probably not really the case. The reason it's relevant with Allen and with Jackson and with Hertz and with Murray is that, especially for those other three guys, they have been hurt at key moments and it has cost their teams for the Cardinals serious injuries, not just small
1: injuries, serious injuries.
2: Exactly. And so that's the part that we're dealing with big picture. We get back to Herbert very specifically. I think this interesting question of where he goes. And again, I have him ranked 10th the hard part for me. And I have a, a tier break after Herbert where Lamar Jackson is actually the top player in tier two in the next update. They will probably flip to where, Jackson moves back into the bottom player in tier one. Herbert moves into tier two, but perhaps it'll just be Jackson moving up because in the same way that you want to be a little bit skeptical of Kincaid and some of the red flags with his profile, we want to just not go over the top in thinking, okay, well, the Chargers drafted Quentin Johnston and yeah, he's got some red flags, but when you dive into his peripherals and you can do that, in a variety of the articles on the site where we talk about some of the things that he brings to the table that you can see in the sports info solutions charting that type of thing a guy who had more yards per route than people realize a guy who was an absolute demon with the ball in his hands somebody who can catch the ball underneath and run he can go up and make a play downfield there's a question with contested catches with Johnson yeah I mean he's not going to make them all but if you think a guy with his length and his leaping ability and you can see this in the highlights if you think he's not going to make some if you think that he doesn't add a weapon for them and add a wrinkle to their offense it's just simply not true right
1: the other part in that offense is you know we have mike williams we have keenan allen but keenan allen's now 31 years old mike williams to be 29 years old during this season you know those guys are going to we're talking about age cliffs for potential <laughs> wide receivers those guys are right at it and then it becomes a situation if johnson doesn't have an impact the wide receiver core and 12 months time could look a lot different here for justin herbert
2: and that would be the red flag so the red flag for herbert is he's not surrounded with the weapons that you need to be a mostly pass oriented qb and still justify these prices if keenan allen stays healthy he was a top five wide receiver last year That was the end of the season, not the beginning of the season. He can do that again, especially if Johnston comes in. And we're not saying he's going to be Justin Jefferson from day one or ever. Very few people are. But if he is a more dynamic complement to Mike Williams, who frankly just is just a guy, right? He's a, a higher profile version of Devontae Parker because he was drafted so early and because he has had a season more recently where he flashed a little bit more than Parker tends to do but somebody who just doesn't change anything. If Johnston can be that, then you have Herbert with a much better chance of getting back to where he was in 2021. And then suddenly he seems like a more viable pick in the middle of the first round. But I think that's where we get into a controversial area. Joe Burrow as the fourth pick, I've got him sixth overall, again, because I have those two wide receivers in there. But I think that's easy to justify. But when we're looking at Herbert, we're looking at Lawrence by ADP as the 105 and 106. And then we're looking at Jackson as the 108 and Justin Fields at the 109. Those are tricky because with the pass-oriented guys, we don't know that their weapons are strong enough. And Lawrence similar to Herbert, maybe even with a little bit more, where even though he's not a hybrid QB, that little bit of rushing value that he does give you is meaningful. It does put him in this range. I have him as the 109. And so I don't think that he is, a big picture, not off by hardly anything. But I would select him slightly later. But Jackson and Fields, these are two players where you're going to have to start passing significantly better in order to offset the decline In rushing. Now, for Justin Fields, he was one of our bold predictions, one of our hot takes, one of our fun plays where before last season we predicted that he was going to go for a thousand yards rushing. It seemed very bold at the time. He made it look like child's play. He was also just completely beaten down by the end of week 17 to where they very smartly rested him in the final week of the season. They've added DJ Moore. They're obviously expecting more contribution from Chase Claypool. Mooney could bounce back. They have a dynamic tight end or a potentially dynamic tight end in Cole Komet. But you need to see a big change in his game to offset the decline in rushing, which has to happen for him to be a viable long-term solution in Chicago, which I think he is so again a cool puzzle to solve from a fantasy perspective because there are structural elements within his game and how it fits reality and then how that reflects down to fantasy where there's a real tension and there are elements that cut both ways
1: yeah and Sean has mentioned as we've gone through them it's kind of covered all of tier one and the triflex rankings for sean that is up on rotavis.com there is one more player in it sean that i am going to touch on one other thing i think that's important to note for people who maybe are drafting and when we're talking about drafts we're talking to, let's say zero rb and you're at the back of the round and we're saying not to chase potential running back points if it's the running back six at that particular point it, for me it's very similar in these super flex drafts with the likes of a herbert not to just chase that quarterback as you mentioned you're gonna to have to they're gonna to have to adjust their game to be able to do more from a passive perspective. But you're also in these drafts going to be passing on a lot of significant talent at the wide receiver, at the running back position, potentially even at the tight end position, and you're looking in those spots at reaching for that running back who's at the end of that particular tier, or maybe even in Sean's rankings beyond that tier. But the one player, Sean, that we have left in the tier as we finish up today, we will be good into tier two which is basically the last couple of picks around one and round two. We're going to talk through those and we're going to dive into that Kyler Murray question as well. But I think as we're answering and discussing the Kyler Murray question, it'll be easier for you to compare it based on what we've talked about our thoughts on some of these quarterbacks. Sean, that final player is a rookie. He is a running back. It is Bijan Robinson who slots in two tier one in your rankings. His current ADP is the 111 as the running back one in this particular format over at the ffpc what are your thoughts we've talked a lot about him in the rookie cycle but he's somebody that you're looking to target once you get through that tier of quarterbacks that you've mentioned there
2: he is and so as soon as the clear-cut elite qbs have dried up i want to get to robinson he is the 101 in rookie drafts i think that he's going to be even more expensive once we get a little bit more into the offseason and people are looking looking at how can I round out my roster? How can I maximize the starting lineup? I think that some people are looking at him a little bit more as a luxury pick, but that's one of the things that I love about the perpetual reloading element where the teams that I've been able to draft him, it's this weird contrast because obviously they were – in the back draw they were in the consolation and again just a quick note about the consolation in the triflex format you have to win the consolation to get the 101 so in many ways if you have the buy then you're through one of those games but in many cases being the seventh place team is better than being the last place team because your team is just better and can win the backdrop which you have to do but in those cases those teams missed because of youth and injuries but in terms of the way they're set up in the long term even without that first pick they would be among the favorites to win the 2023 title and so because of the depth that you have across this entire roster you can afford to make this pick of robinson which Kelly, we know that we're into the zero rb era we're into the hero rb era we know that if you want to select a running back or you're going to put a running back out there. He needs to have legendary upside. The element here with Robinson is that he has that. And so you're looking at him, you're thinking about where he fits in. And I mean, this is a guy who has elite rushing peripherals that are almost unparalleled. And then he has the ability to be that pass catching running back to where We're looking at someone like a Le'Veon Bell, like a David Johnson, like an early career Saquon Barkley, except someone who's a better pure runner than Barkley and who has more long speed than Johnson or Bell. We don't know that he's going to come out and have a 300-plus point rookie season like Barkley or that he's going to be a guy like Bell or Johnson where you have that window where he scores 25 points per game and creates that gap down to the rest of the running back group. But that could happen. We know that one of the reasons that people are so wide receiver heavy right now is that structurally you have to do it. Wide receivers look great, the running backs look a little bit more iffy. But when you compare Robinson and you can see in Dynasty ADP that the the gap down to players like Brees Hall and Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, it's a big gap, right? If that's reflected in scoring, if he scores 25 points per game and the next couple of guys are in that 18 range, then that is winning your league for you. We've been zero RB from the beginning. Obviously, that's a big part of the podcast and the site, but there's never been the case where we didn't recognize the difference that a superstar running back can make. And so at the right price level with the right guy, you want to be there don't select players who are lesser players at their positions just to address something that you can address later. Build yourself a team that is populated by superstars, go out and score the most points, win your dynasty championship.
1: Yeah, that's the goal. So hopefully our listeners will be doing that in 2023 and beyond. And uh, hopefully we will too, Sean, as we kind of journal those, I guess you could say, We, we keep a tab on how the teams are going throughout the year and we'll keep All that information shared here on the Road of His Overtime podcast, which you can obviously be subscribed to on your favorite podcast app or on youtube.com. Subscribe to the Road of His podcast channel and you'll be able to get all the episodes when they go up. They're always up earlier on the audio feed, so head on over and make sure you are subscribed to that. Sean, meant to mention this is the start of today's show. This is episode 595 of the Road of His Overtime podcast. We will probably hit episode 600 next week, so... We'll probably talk more about that on an upcoming show but fun times as these landmarks continue to fly in at a rapid rate but until we are back on wednesday to talk through tier two and that second round for dynasty adp and the triflex format my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marlin my co-host is sean siegel you can check out all his work his rankings and so much more on rotavis.com and until we are back have a good one